a rivalry renewed tonight in Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Lakers as the Phoenix Suns go to the, the City of Angels, play LeBron, play a team that is doesn't really necessarily have all their best guys, and win by 10, as well they should, Matthew. What did you think about uh, that performance that the Phoenix Suns put on? Um, so much to talk about on this pod- yes, podcast. Yeah. But, but what are your initial thoughts? Oh, it was a crazy game. It was the craziest game of the year. I mean, you go into L.A., a lot of people like John thought we might lose. So I, I remember from last time he thought we might lose. But even with Booker out, this team has hopes. So we we can count on that. I think that's the lesson learned from this game. But amazing game. Uh, team effort. To be as cheesy as I am, a team effort. Total, yeah, cheese it up all you want because it really was a team effort for this team, especially once we lost Devin Booker to a ridiculous ejection, which we'll get to. We'll get to all the fun thoughts and and highlights that occurred during this game. Uh, but again, thank you to everybody who has decided to hop on and join us here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm John. He's Matthew. And we're going to have a fun show for you tonight. Suns, the number two team in the NBA right now, the number two team in the Western Conference. So if you are joining us live, please go ahead and press that thumbs up button. If it's on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. I think before this podcast, we were one shy of 800 subscribers. So maybe you could be the one who gets over the hump to 800. Uh, If you are listening on the Brightside Podcast Network, please subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Uh, Matthew, let's see. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. Uh, Really fun show tonight. We actually have a special guest from the Coast to Coast pod. Dan Duarte is going to be joining us to talk about the chaos that ensued at the Staples Center tonight. So if, if you're watching along live with us, go ahead and crack a beer open. Or a soda, you know, maybe uh, a decaffeinated soda pop, considering, you know, it is 1045 at night. Uh, But whatever you're doing, wherever you are, go Suns, baby. Let's talk about this dub. A 10-point victory over the Los Angeles Lakers would not be complete. It would not be as fun to talk about is it if we didn't bring in our buddy Dan Duarte from the Coast to Coast podcast. Dan, how are you doing this evening, my friend? Fellas, I'm doing great after that win, man. I was look, looking a little touchy there after those, uh, after those technicals and that ejection. But you know what? They pulled it out, man. That's a sign of a true team there, a good team. You know, we actually have a good team. That happens last year, two years ago. It's good night, you know. it's a, it, it turns into a 20-point blowout, but not this year, man. Yeah, totally different vibe in Phoenix right now. You know, as you mentioned, a team effort. When you just look at the rotation that the Suns put forth in the fourth quarter to close out the game, no DeAndre Ayton, no Chris Paul from the seven-minute mark on until, you know, the kind of last couple minutes. I mean, that just goes to show you the strength of this team. And I'll ask you this question, Matthew. I got to know, you know, with no AD, no Gasol, no Kuzma, is this a a must-win for the Phoenix Suns tonight? Oh, yeah, definitely. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned Kuzma. I kind of forgot that he was on the Lakers, but I don't know if that would have even made a difference. You can tell LeBron James had no help tonight. I mean, he scored 36 points. It seemed like he didn't even have that many attempts, but he only had the 23 attempts, but 
the 36 points came quietly in a way, but then a lot of the times it's just him on the court backing down and doing what he can, but no one is open. No one is helping him out. And that's the way it looked like for Booker too there in the second quarter. But I mean, even when Booker was out, like, did you think the Suns were still going to win or they're going to lose? I thought they were going to win the whole time, especially with CP3. He did right after Booker was ejected and DeAndre Ayton went down and he's like, and fucking won, like right in the ref's face. Yeah, I was, was like, awesome. oh shit, the Suns are pissed. <laughs> I was like, this team is taking on the the personification of Duarte over here. Like they're ready to just like punch somebody. They were they were pissed, man. I mean, what what'd you see from them, Dan? I mean, I saw the same thing, and it's funny because I I you know I, I stayed off Twitter for most of the game, but um, I was a little surprised to see some DeAndre Ayton hate because I feel like right after Booker got thrown <laughs> out, he kind of played a little pissed off, and and you know he had that shot where he he you know. And fucking one in front of you know, right in LeBron's face and yes. in front of the refs. Um, you know, he was he was playing he was playing angry. Um, I wish he would have backed down Damian Jones a couple times. I think he could have gotten to the line. Uh, yeah. maybe that's what people were talking about, but I, I'm not sure. I think he I mean, it, it was a it was a team effort, man. But to be honest with you, when Booker went out, I, I was I was a little worried. Um I was a little worried, but to you know, and 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 to be quite honest with you, I feel like when Booker got ejected, I feel like LeBron kind of let off the gas a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed that as well. I actually did. This game kind of seemed like LeBron didn't really care whether or not they won. You know, he knows the all-star break's coming up. There's still a lot of left in the league. Or, sorry, a lot of games left to play. So maybe that just was a factor into it. I don't – he just seemed like he was like, there's no help out there. He kind of gave up. I mean, that is kind of – lebron though right i mean that's his history of just kind of giving up when he knows it's over like he gives up early um not to say he does that anymore like this year or last year but he definitely looked that way that i i'm glad you noticed that because i noticed that too as well well but then of course you know in the last few minutes of the game he starts rocking the three ball just in an attempt to try to get them back in the game so although he didn't seem as engaged as he normally does he was still putting up a fight and if the rest of his team had followed him in suit, they probably would have put up, uh, you know, a better score at the end of the game. Again, the Suns yeah. winning by a total of ten points in this game. Um, I know it's uh, somewhat early in the pod, but it's always, you know, it, it's. Watch twenty twenty one. You know, as as, as Dan mentioned, uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton. The way that he performed against Damian Jones wasn't necessarily something that was a positive, uh, but there was a lot of things in this game that I thought were really positive in the way that DeAndre Ayton was playing. You know, his tenacity on the boards, his aggressiveness uh, after Devin Booker was ejected, and his willingness to, you know, when he was fed, he was eaten, and he was trying to get those points for the Suns. What did you guys see from DA in this game? Should, should we trade him yet? <laughs> well according, according to jj watt i mean you know he's already, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he's already recruiting carl anthony towns you know what no man i'm i'm you know i you guys know this i i, I defend him to a fault sometimes um uh, i think it's more because of the haters out there and the people that will look for reasons to say something negative about him um it's it's unfortunate that it's like that too man because you know, we have a good team, um, and the standard that he gets held to sometimes, I mean, the kid doesn't have a chance if, if that's going to be the case. Um, and, and it's – I said this to somebody. The NBA, the national media, the NBA, coaches around the league, they all give DeAndre Ayton 
props, right? They all know how good of a player he is. It's just unfortunate that a lot of Suns fans don't. It's just I don't know what else to say about it, man. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm completely agree. Words. Completely yeah. agree. You know, everybody wants him to put up 27 points and 20 rebounds every night. And every night that he doesn't do that, it's tradable. And I think for the most part, that is the casual Suns fan. Somebody who knows the team well enough to know that this was a number one pick, but is also easily swayed by the national media narrative that Luka Doncic is the Don, you know, Luka the Don and all that stuff. And then you kind of, you watch the game and you realize, you know, Luka Doncic is somebody who has the ball in his hand 38% of the time, whereas DA is part of an offense, a part of a winning offense now, a part of a team that is 23 and 11 offense, and he's only going to get a limited amount of touches, and when he does, he's been maximizing his efficiency with those touches. You know, again, tonight, a solid performance by DA. He ended with a total of 17 points, uh, only had the five boards, but only played 25 minutes tonight. This is a team with that with no AD, with no Mark Gasol, you would think that DeAndre Ayton would have feast given that they didn't have the size that they normally do. I remember the games last year when they had Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis. You know, those were challenging times for him, but they didn't necessarily need him because the answer to beating the uh, the Lakers tonight was more of Dario Sarge than it was uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton. You know, Matthew, what what'd you see from DA yeah. in this game? I know you're big on watching his body language. And I mean, when well, he yelled, yeah, watching his body, yep. Yeah, but watch his body dot to dot language. <laughs> but when he yelled and fucking yeah. one, you must have got up out no, of your was, seat and screamed. No, it was it was cool. I mean, he's backing up his boy Devin Booker, who was uh fouled out, technical fouled out, just thrown out of the game, which kind of sucks. But he was he was backing him up. He came out aggressive, but it, it's cool to see. I love it. I mean, of course, we always want to see that just continuously throughout the whole game because you can see how good he is when he's that tense. I think though, tonight he 14 shot attempts is really good for him. I don't care if he really misses it because he wants the ball tonight. He wanted it and he he went up and got to his spots and the shots that he chooses are better than most mostly half of what we can do on offense, I think, even if he's missing the shots. So I, I like his aggression tonight, man. I think he really turned it up a little bit from the start to the finish. I mean, in the fourth quarter, he didn't play at all. So am I missing something? Did he get hurt? What happened in the fourth? I know Chris Paul didn't come they back didn't into need the him. third. They, they didn't just didn't need him. him. Okay. With, I mean, with Sarge down there, kudos right? Kudos to Monty on that, though. You know, normally it's like, well, you know, we've hit the five-minute mark. It's time to put in my next rotation. The, the rotation was working. What they had was yeah. working against that lineup, and Monty stuck with it. And that's one of those things where I, I don't know if Monty does that last year. I don't know if he does that at, before the bubble. He was very set on kind of trying his rotations at certain times, trying to find the right players. You know, is, is that something, Dan, do you think that he would have done, or do you think that he was just riding that lineup? Uh, or do you think it was something else with DA? It's funny you say that because I don't think he would have done that three weeks ago. Uh, just look at Langston Galloway, right? Langston Galloway's come in and he he gets hot. You know, he's a he's a pressure cooker. Real quick, he starts to to heat up from three. He'll knock three, four down in a row, and then we won't see him in the second half. Um, so I mean, I I I didn't have a problem with that. I mean, Dario was was doing great. Up until he turned the ball over for like three short possessions, um, he was amazing, man. Dario was huge, big reason why we won the game. And I mean, it was that whole lineup, really. I mean, he brought—I think he brought Chris Paul back at around the three-minute mark. Uh, but I feel like that was more because he's—he felt like he, you know things were getting a little out of hand with with the turnovers. So you know, he figured to just put in the veteran and 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 you know close it out. But I don't think it was anything other than that. Um, I don't think he was hurt. I don't think Bonnie was benching him for any reason. I mean, maybe we'll find out later. 
that he was. But either way, I mean, they, they got the W, and he didn't look pissed off on the sidelines. He he was uh, jumping up and down and, and, and hyping up the team. So I had no issue yeah. with it at all. Yeah, that's what he does best. Uh, Dario Sarge, the wet dream tonight, right? Going against Jared Dudley. <laughs> like him and Jared Dudley going after. I I can watch that all day. Them two just battling the, big, the sacks of potatoes going at it. Like it was fun and funny to watch, especially when Dudley keeps getting the foul. When he keeps fouling Sarge, it was just, I got up out of my seat for that. More than DA's uh, and fucking How one. different is this matchup <laughs> going to look later in the season when everybody's healthy? When we'll look back and be like, yeah, remember the Sarge versus Dudley, you know, gauntlet <laughs> MMA. I want to see the was, playoffs. <laughs> you might Dudley end up seeing the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. No, no. He, no. I mean, they were so... They were so hurt. There was no chance they were going to. Uh, quality ball movement, again, by the Phoenix Suns tonight. You know, they were uh, big on hitting their threes, and a lot of them came wide open. It's it's always great, obviously, when they hit their threes, 16 for 29, 55% from the field. They definitely needed it tonight. And you look, they had a, a total of 38 total made field goals, and they had 30 assists on that. I mean, how great is it, Dan, to watch a team that moves the ball with such effectiveness Against a really good defensive team. I mean, the Lakers are no slouch. I know they're injured, but they still are, you know, they're well coached and, and fuck them. <laughs> I mean, it's huge, especially when, you know, you have the type of shooters the Suns have. I mean, Cam Johnson, he's been really hit or miss this season, but he was really good today. He hit some, mm-hmm. some big buckets. He got needed in the balls, which did not look fun. Um, so kudos to him to, you know, rebound back from that and, and, and still have a solid night. You know, Jay Crowder was knocking down threes. You know, everybody was was playing within them, within themselves, and you know that's what's that's what's nice about having that type of ball movement is you go, you always have to make that extra pass. But you got to make sure you don't make one too many, right? Because mm-hmm. I think you saw the Lakers do that a couple times when they had open shots and they'd make one too many passes and end up in a turnover. So I mean, I think it's really I mean the offense is really move it's it's running on all cylinders right now, and it's unfortunate Booker got got uh, got the boot because I. I think he was going to have a big game. He would have had another 30-plus point game. And it is what it is, though, man. You know, only the refs can stop Book. I, I hear you. And I guess it's time. Should we, should we talk about the Booker ejection? I mean, uh, where, where do we start on this? I mean, it's, it's so funny. My wife walks in, and she's like, she's trying to talk to me, and I'm clearly disengaged. And, you know, for that, Shannon, I, I apologize. Uh, and she's like, well, what's wrong? I'm like, they just ejected Booker. And she's like, well, what happened? I try to explain what happens. And this is somebody who's not a basketball aficionado. Uh, all she needed to know is if you get two technicals in a game, you're out. And I explained how it happened. And she's like, well, that doesn't seem right. And it's like, even from afar. And, and here's one of those things where, you know, kudos to Devin Booker. Okay. Uh, now the player of the month in the month of February, um, he had just came off, you know, that award today, yesterday, he got the player of the week for the Western conference. It's, you know, two weeks in between both of his player of the week nods from the NBA. And it's the first time in 569 weeks that a member of the Phoenix suns has been named player of the month. Okay. March, 2010, when Amari Stoudemire received that honors, the last time anyone in purple and orange had that award. So he gets that award this today. And, I took my shot at Bomani Jones. Fuck him. Why not? And then tonight he gets this ridiculous double tech where it's clear that the the referees are exerting their emotions into a game rather than ruling with proper judgment. 
And the whole national media sees it because it's a quality game. This was a fun, free-flowing game. It was quality. And then the refs chose to slow it down in the third. And then now the national media it gets a, a little bit of eyesight. They get, they get a little bit of a view of what Suns fans see on how the refs are really rough on Devin Booker. They don't give them calls. They're quick. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that what Devin Booker was right. That's not the mature thing to do. It's not the smart thing to do. It's not the right thing to do for your team. But it is interesting to see that the backlash, you know, five, ten, two hours now later, the backlash from the national media is essentially like, damn, you did that to Book? Like, the guy you just named the Western Conference Player of the Month, that you're doing it to him? You know, what do you think about it, Matthew? It was very strange. I have to think, has this ever happened where there's been two technicals against a player within two seconds from two different referees? Like, I've never seen that in my life. So first... You, you've, you've never you never watched Rasheed Wallace. So oh, yeah. True, true. No, I actually kind of have missed that, yeah. <laughs> um, but if this was anything like it, I mean, that sucks. But Rasheed is a different story, I think. But Booker, I mean, he's player of the month. And this is the respect for him, I guess, we can talk about. But also there are people, too, that are thinking, like, we're kind of sick of Booker doing that. I think Booker did want one technical this game. I think he was going to come out. I, I, I could see it boiling inside of him that one technical would come out. But two on the same play was pretty ridiculous. You have to just ask yourself, like, what did he say to the refs to get two techs? Plus, he threw the ball at the ref, but he bounced it to him. It was kind of like when Jason Garrett threw the red flag at a referee and almost got ejected from the game. It was kind of insane to me to actually see that. So I just have to know, like, what, what did he actually say to the ref and why did he get teed up? He walked right out, too right after he kind of complained a little bit, like, no, I'm going to stay here on the court. And then he just ended up walking off like, yeah, maybe I did do something bad. Did he he? should have got his money worth on that, you know? I mean, if he's going to get a double tech, he might as well throw a little tantrum out there. What's crazy is the play, it was D.A. fouling LeBron on the play, and Book's the one who gets the double tech. Yeah, so what uh, was he complaining about then? Was it the D.A. foul? I think he was trying to have his back, because if you looked at I, I looked over this so many times. It isn't. First of all, DeAndre did not foul LeBron James. Nope. Um, for one, he went straight up, and there was no foul call, and, and Book was pissed. And, and it's funny you say the national media, right? The national media was all over Twitter. Um, even Stephen A. Smith had something to say, even though he tagged the wrong Devin Booker in his tweet, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So it's crazy because he he said something. To one to, to one official, he got the T from him. He threw the ball at the other one. He bounced it to him. That official didn't say anything. No. But this other dumbass, and he man, he should win an Oscar because he 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 really he was like, you know what? I'm really gonna throw him out. He wound up. I thought mm-hmm. it was a, I thought it was a baseball umpire throwing somebody out, man. Somebody th- throwing somebody <laughs> out the plate. So I, I I don't know what he said, but it, it, I mean it's 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 disrespect. My first initial reaction on Twitter was. You got to be smarter than that. Uh, you can't mm-hmm. do that, especially after you get the first one. Just at that point, just walk away, take a walk. And then I got pissed, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck the refs. They they should they should lose their jobs. Screw them, uh, because it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> and nobody nobody came here to see them. How many times did they yes. review something tonight? How many times did they have to have a conference? Like, god damn, man, I, I'm yeah. sick and tired of the refs. No, I, had, I completely KOC agree. Though, back us up. KOC backed us up on Twitter. I saw that one. A lot of people did, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, you go kind of across the board, and everybody was just – they thought it was ridiculous. And don't get me wrong. I mean, he shouldn't do that. I get it. it he, he's too emotional sometimes. He's trying to be a leader. 
And there's there a little bit earlier in the game, he when he uh, was called for a foul, Jay Crowder had to kind of pull him back, you know. So you're right, Matthew. He did have that Jones in tonight to get into it with somebody. But again, the fact that it, they called it in such succession, I almost feel like it was at the point where the first guy really didn't realize that he, you know, he called the T and the second guy called the T and then he looked at the other guy and he's like, oh, well, yeah, oh, oh whoops. shit. Like, whoops, yeah. You Maybe know what I saw? And, and LeBron James had a tweet in this, and I saw somebody posted this, and I forget who it was, and I, you know, forgive me because I love to give credit where credit's due, but they said something along the lines like, LeBron James could spit in so-and-so's wife's face right now and still not get a technical foul because they're not going to throw him out of a game on a national media, uh, you know, performance. They're not going to do that. But Booker, I mean, like that. So, again, it, it, it's so great to see this team, though, pull together, get pissed, get angry, channel those emotions into made jump shots and and win this game against a team that they should beat. And it's it's nice to see them kind of turn the corner. That that's what we've been waiting for is for the Phoenix Suns for so long is for just to see some sense of maturity and some sense of growth that's equating to wins. We've been experiencing that this season and at at times I almost have to take a step back and and pinch myself because it's like well hold on like is this is this really happening I mean this is one of those times in in Phoenix sports period I mean with JJ Watt coming here um, they were talking about it today on the Burns and Gambo show I'll, let me play some audio here for you it's funny we were t- well, the last time we were talking about this we were trying to figure out when Phoenix sports has been going through a similar slump. About that, yeah. So you got um, one? I got one. And, and this comes from uh, John, who's a writer over at bright side of the sun. I don't know if he did this in response to us or if he just tweeted this out 2018. So not that long ago, the Suns were in last place. The Cardinals finished three and 13. We're both headed towards number one overall picks. The diamondbacks had just traded Paul Goldschmidt and the coyotes were last in the West. That was just three years ago. Three years ago. For forgive me for the shameless plug. Wow. I was I was really oh, excited. Was that, to... John? that was I, you, I heard, huh? yeah, I heard that. I heard that live today, and I was like, look, look at Voida. <laughs> <laughs> my general man, I, I was out back throwing the ball with the dog, and my general manager called me on his way home from work. He's like, I think they just mentioned your tweet on uh on Burns and Gamble. I was like, oh sweet, I got to check that out. Hey, so, but it's true though. That one too, man. It's yeah, you're those three years make man. Absolutely. I mean, except for the Diamondbacks, I mean, everybody else is trending yeah. in the right direction, you know. And even the Diamondbacks, they have promise. You never know in baseball. Yeah. But I mean, farm system. It exactly, is it is. and that's what it comes down to. That's what you need in baseball to be successful is, is hold that farm. Look at the Cardinals; they've been doing it forever. Well, no, but we're t- we're talking Arizona sports, and and this is one of those. You you don't want to say necessarily a signature win against the Lakers. Because again, they were they were injured. They don't have their top people. Like I know I have a Lakers fan I work with, and I'll go see him tomorrow. And the first thing will be, well, no, AD didn't play, and uh, no, no Kuzma, no Gasol. But you know what? You still have to beat the team that's in front of you. And we could say, hey, uh, no Booker after 17 points and two bullshit calls. But you still have to beat the team that's in front of you. And for some reason, there's this kind of complex that we have as Suns fans as it pertains to the Lakers because they've won what 17 championships. They, you know, they're kind of they're right next door to us. We get all the Californians who come in here to Phoenix and whatnot. And knowing that we could power through this team and win in a team fashion, in a complete and utter team fashion, where our bench is carrying us in the fourth quarter, in my opinion, is a very valuable victory. Whether Lakers fans credit it or not, the NBA will. Yeah, I mean, very good point. I mean, it's it, it. The thing is, and everybody will say that, right? They didn't have 
you know, the, the, the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis and Kyle Kuzma. Well, tough, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, like you said, uh, Devin Booker got ejected in the third quarter uh, on some, on some bullshit. It is what it is, man. Like I said, you, you can only play the team that's in front of you. You can't, you can't have the what ifs. And it's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine who's also a Laker fan, um, huge Laker fan. And he told me today, he said, Hey, he's like, I'm worried about the Suns, and I Good. said you are, and he's not one to, to ever. He would keep. He's not one to admit this. He's like I'm worried about the Suns, and I'm like why? And he said because the only the only other team the only other team that I that I should be worried about is the Clippers, and Paul George is a bitch, so I, <laughs> I I'm not worried yeah. about him. But Devin Booker's a killer, and he reminds yeah. me of Kobe. He I mean it's just it's just one of those things where. Hey, you know what, man? Sometimes you just have to. There's going to be that team that comes out of the blue. It's it, it was us back in 0405, right? We couldn't get over the hump. You know, there's always that one team. You know, uh, even the 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 um, the Warriors before it became the Warriors, they were they were taking when they were six seed. They were taking the Spurs or seven seed. They were taking the Spurs to six games, almost damn near seven games to uh, uh, you know on the brink of elimination and, and nobody ever gave them a chance. So um, all you got, all you need is a chance, man. And you know what? I, I was, I was talking with flex about this on our podcast. Nobody cares that, you know, KD got hurt and clay got hurt when the Raptors won the world series, right. Or when the, when the NBA championship, not the world series. Um, yeah. So if, if something crazy happens in the playoffs where somebody's out and by some crazy you know, miracle the Suns win a championship. Guess what? I, I ain't giving it back. I'm not apologizing. Amen. Man. I'm gonna mm-hmm. ugly cry like a motherfucker. <laughs> we all will. You know? We're gonna but do it so, live right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. It's just gonna be a bunch of grown men crying together. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna be in the streets with my pots and pans banging them everywhere. So I don't know what to do actually when they win. Um, but this also makes a case too for Chris Paul. Kind of. I know it's. It's way early, but Chris Paul's MVP case, I mean, just up there, just because you know when we lose book, like he said in the beginning, when we lose book in the past few years to a technical like this happens in the past, we lose a game. This time, we don't. And I know the Lakers are shorthanded, but it's like we lose a star, your star's on the bench too with Anthony Davis. And then also, I was just thinking too, Booker, his elbow, like he he hurt it pretty bad. looked like it was kind of bruised. So maybe this is just a way to get him out of the game and get those x-rays done early too as well. So maybe that worked out in our – in our uh, <laughs> worked out right for us too as well. Yeah, hashtag too as well. Too as we well. Um, but no, it's a valid point. You know, uh, Chris Paul, here, here's the other side of that. You know, this is one of those almost like uh, – uh, Steve Nash-esque MVP runs. You know, he's not going to kill you with the statistics. You know, Steve Nash, obviously, uh, the the narrative is Shaq should have won one more during the Steve Nash era. But what Steve Nash did, as Dan mentioned, was take a team that nobody really expected, came out of the blue, and completely dominated the NBA. And now you have the Suns. I mean, they're the number two team in the league. Chris Paul does run this team and is putting everybody in position and has really ingrained the culture. Am I saying he's an MVP candidate? No. The, the stats are never going to put him anywhere near it. I mean, he had eight points tonight, 10 assists, only one for four shooting. But we beat the Lakers by 10 on one for four shooting from Chris Paul. I mean, that's how effective he was. He led the charge in this this 
this win where the Suns, again, 30 assists on 38 made field goals. That all starts with Chris Paul, and it starts with the culture that he's instilled in this team. And it's it's pleasurable to see. It's nice to know that we have uh, a point guard again. You can, like I was mentioning on a previous podcast, it's like when Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling were here, you had to go down and see him because you know you were watching greatness. It's the same thing with CP3, man. Like, you're watching greatness every night and just appreciate it because we know too well as Suns fans what it's like not to have somebody who can facilitate an offense. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, I want to talk about Cam Johnson a little bit. I mean, he really had a lot of tough matchups. He was going up against LeBron, and he was really doing a good job uh, holding his own. Matthew, what did you see from Cam Johnson tonight? Yeah, he was killer. This is one thing where I really thought – Earlier in the year, maybe to like last week or two weeks ago, he just struggled underneath in the paint, guarding anybody really, even rebounding the ball. But you can tell that he's really focusing on that because they need him now, of course. I mean, if DA is out, foul trouble. You have Sarge too as well, but with injuries piling up, you have to get used to playing against, against these big bodies. And I think he's doing that well. Going to the rim is great, but his confidence in his shot tonight was really something I noticed. I feel like the first two threes were in, but they were just very confident releases. So I think getting back to that, to having that confidence release and from three, I think just really opens up everything else for him. But defensively, I love to see it, man. I love to see him and Mikhail Bridges, of course, do what they do best and what Cam Johnson will evolve into as a really good defender. And I just, I love that he keeps working on it because we can see it on the, on the defensive end, especially tonight. What do you think, Dan? I mean, I agree. I mean, he he's, it's funny, right? Because, Everybody killed the, the Cam Johnson pick when it happened. Everybody, oh, Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark. Um, Cam Johnson is has is, has a very high basketball IQ. He's very, very rarely in the wrong spot. Um, and that's big. That's almost as big as being able to block a shot or go for a steal. Just being able to rotate off your man and, and, and be, you know, wherever the ball's going next. That's huge. And he always seems to be in the right spot. And today, when you know what? When when LeBron James was trying to back him down, he he was up for the challenge, man, and he won. Yeah. He 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 didn't shy away. Um, I think you know, a couple weeks ago, I think he got broken by Zion a little bit. Um, I think that matchup in particular was a little unfair because he had <laughs> prop he had probably a hundred pounds on him, you know, somewhere yeah. you know, so um, I, I feel like that was a little bit unfair to judge him on, but he's always, to me, he's always been excellent defensively. And then, you know, you look at his shot, it's all confidence in a shooter, right? His shot is beautiful, man. It's, it's, it's effortless. It's effortless, right? Effortless. Mm -hmm. Apparently I can't say that word. <laughs> it, um, is, it is. It is. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, he catches the ball and he, his release is so quick and so smooth and he doesn't need a lot of space to get that shot off. And today in the corners, he was money, man. He was money. He was huge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can't state it enough. And, you know, he can get to the basket as well. And he, I think nobody ever talks about his passing, man. His passing's great. He found Mikel for a couple threes today. And I was like, man, that's that's huge. If your fourth best player can be that good of a passer, I mean, that's just signs of a good team, man. Absolutely. And it equates to wins because the, the ball move. I had a buddy text me. He's like, the ball movement tonight is just fantastic. And that's how you have to beat a team like the Lakers. Um, again, a good defensive team. You have to put them in compromising situations. And the Suns could do that via the pass. I mean, Cam Johnson, nine total points, three for four from downtown. Um, and just was really solid playing defense on a lot of switches, you know, bodying up, uh, 
LeBron James, you know, Mikael Bridges too. He did his best to hold his own. He was getting switched off of LeBron a lot, which I was actually kind of okay with because LeBron just, I mean, kudos to LeBron. I'm, I'm not the biggest LeBron lover. I know Matthew likes LeBron more than I do. I respect him, of course, uh, but his career narrative is something that I've just never been a fan of. You know, he's, he kind of he hops around from super team to super team, and you know then you know on that one play for example where he got lightly brushed on the forehead, he went down. It looked like the uh, Harvey Oswald had got him in Dallas, Texas, and he was just down. And then they called a goaltend, and he got up. And he's like, "Oh, I'm fine now." You know, it's just like stuff like, like that. Everybody I mean, else in the NBA too. He's it not is. It, it is, but LeBron's a six foot eight brick shit house. He shouldn't crumble. Yeah. You know, like a Girl that. Scout cookie. You know, so. Yeah. Get foul calls, otherwise. But he, he, al- but he always gets foul calls. He always has gotten foul calls. Look at his career. No, no, I'm not defending him. Yes, you are. Maybe you always do, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You can defend him all you yeah. want. I won't. And could you know? I mean, but you can't stop him. That's what I will say. You can't stop LeBron when he backed. You know, when he went all the way back to half court and said, "I'm just going to take DeAndre into the hole." He can do that to anybody, anytime, anywhere. I mean, the only thing that's stopping him from doing that every possession is one, it's a team sport, and two, you know, he's 36 years old, almost 37, so he probably wants to save a little gas in the tank and so he can do that all playoffs long you know 38 points for lebron on on 24 total shots 16 for 24 so an efficient night for him um but bridges yeah seriously i mean he he, and and only three for eight from uh downtown and those three came late and he was three for five from the free throw line so to fortify your point matthew i guess he doesn't get to the free throw line that much against the suns he wasn't necessarily getting the calls but mikhail bridges and cam johnson and jay crowder as well i mean that the beauty of the Suns right now is given the fact that we operate in a league that is full of wings, we have wings who can defend and they can also score. I mean, nice, it's nice to see Jay Crowder f- five, uh, four for five from downtown. You know, there'll be some nights where he's three for nine or two for 11. You know, getting those four for five from downtown is absolutely huge. I can't talk about enough the three point shooting for the Suns. Be thankful for that tonight because that's truthfully what ended up winning this game. And Abdel Nader. Let, 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 let's talk about po- Pyramid Poppy here. I mean, I literally, you know, we I take notes during the game, and he had three quick fouls in the first half, and I wrote down, I go, I'm a fan of Nader Nation, but I think it's time to bury him in the rotation a bit. And I said, "Mommy, Monty let it ride in the second quarter and probably just said, fuck, he's probably going to foul out. And he comes in and plays huge minutes in the second half, ends with eight points, two for three from downtown, but those were two big threes, and he was playing some pretty athletic, decent defense at the end. Like, Pyramid Poppy. Thank you, sir. Yeah. yeah. No, I, after all of that, we have to talk about Nader. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what you think of Nader. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Go first. No, it's funny, right? When you know, when you when you made that note, you know, about about Nader Nation, I think I tweeted. Yeah, I think I think I'm good with Nader for the rest of the game. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, a lot of people ask, you know, because you know, Nader comes in and Langston Galloway and Javon Carter are on the bench, but Nader's. He's a big dude, man. He's a big dude, and he pay, he plays pretty solid defense. Um, he's aggressive. Again, do I want to see a ton of minutes from him? No, but he was he was huge today. Uh, knocked down a three in the corner, kind of when we were trying to you know push the lead out. But I think, if anything, I think it was his defense. I think he had a couple hard fouls on LeBron. Yes, you know if if you're gonna come in for a few, you know for for you know. 10 to 15 minutes a game, make those fouls count, man. Um, he had a, a couple of defensive stops too. He had a block on, uh, on KCP and a block on, uh, uh, Schroeder. So, I mean, he was big tonight, man. I don't think we, uh, I don't think he gets enough credit, especially not for me, man. Cause I, people call me a Nader <laughs> hater, but I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it man, rhymes. I, just, I get it. 
just not see him play that much, but he was big tonight. Yeah, no one really wants to see him in there, especially in the beginning of this game. Yeah, it was really tough to watch him because he makes a lot of mistakes in the offensive end. He'll 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 foul. Okay, we can use his fouls. It's fine, and especially the hard foul you're talking about, the block on LeBron. That was a good foul, but a lot of the times, either he's turned the ball over, kind of just he's out of sync. He's not where he's supposed to be on the court, kind of opposite of Cam Johnson, where you're talking about earlier with IQ. I just think that's a lot of what we see from him. But like I always say on the pod, Monty sees something in him because he's getting a lot of minutes. He's getting these minutes over guys on the bench like Galloway. Moore is now playing as well, but Carter too as well. I know they don't play the same position, but you can mix and match them in there. But Nader is just – he's had his good game tonight because they're playing against a like a Lakers team that was struggling to find anybody on the bench to go. When Jared Dudley's in the game, then I would say, yeah, Nader, go have yourself a ball game, please. (laughs) And he did in the end. I think it was just him playing so many minutes tonight. He just kind of got the reps in, maybe just got used to being on the court for once longer than two or three minutes. So I think that helped him out a lot tonight. Yeah, it's nice to see him again. Another guy who can come and contribute or can contribute, contribute, contribute. A guy who can come in and contribute. And again, we might not hear from him for five or six games, and that's okay. That's the beauty of the depth of this team right now. I mean, that's what can get you the wins that you need to get the proper playoff seed. And that's the other thing. Uh, you know, no matter how this season ends, this win against the Lakers, whether it's with a depleted Lakers team or not. It, it counts towards those standings. So, I mean, we are one up on the Lakers now with, I think, two to go. So it's it's big there. Um, there's one guy we haven't talked talked about as of yet, and it's uh, because I want to give him my... Jam star of the game. So if you are watching along live in the chat, let me know who you think your jam star of the game. And please remember to hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to the pod. Uh, we're pushing for a thousand subscribers someday. That'd be really cool. Um, my jam star of the game is big butt Dario Saric. I mean, this guy, point Dario was making passes to Cam Johnson, cutting to the baseline. He was throwing that big butt around. He ended with a team high 21 points on seven of 17 shooting. So, not very efficient. 17 <laughs> shots to get 21 points. Five for six from the free throw line. Only five rebounds. Had the three assists. Um, but was just really a, a game changer for the Suns. And I think that once Monty saw how effective Dario Saric was against Jared Dudley, but other members of the, the Los Angeles Lakers, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give this guy you know 26 minutes tonight. He earned them. And he really is a valuable asset to this team. Dan, what did you see from Dario, and who is your jam star of the game? I mean, uh, it's it's hard to pick anybody else other than Dario. Uh, uh, mine personally would be Mikael Bridges. Um, nice. I think he was huge, not just shooting the ball. I mean, he was you know he he shot the three ball well, but there was one play in particular. The game was getting kind of close. Um, I think the Lakers were actually in the lead. Um, if anything, it was right before the half, and. Uh, Booker threw the ball out to him and the ball's butts go out of bounds and his fucking go-go gadget arm reached out like three <laughs> yes. feet out of bounds and threw it back and they ended up getting a, a bucket out of it. Um, that, that was a huge possession. Play of the game. Huge, huge. He's always cutting to the basket. Um, he, he had a huge dunk towards the end of the game that just iced it. Uh, he's, he's, he's just been huge, man. Um, Dario was great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dario was huge. I mean, I think that's why Monty decided to just roll with him because he was doing so well against Jared Dudley. And I mean, he was abusing Jared Dudley. I kind of felt bad for Jared Dudley. <laughs> I, 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 I like Jared Dudley, you know, but you know, <laughs> he, 
it's a grown man game, man. It's not an old man's yeah. game. And, and, <laughs> and I think he's, he's more of a locker room figure than anything. And, and Dario took advantage of that, man. So he was huge. Um, so, I mean, you can't go wrong, but for me, it was Mikel Bridges. Uh, you know, what can you say? Right, Suns fans? Just Mikel <laughs> Bridges. Just two words. Yeah. yeah. Jared Dudley, the best uh, sandwich at Marley's. It's my favorite sandwich there. Their nachos are great, and I love the the Jared Dudley. It's chicken with like, he, sprouts on it. Does he have a, a sandwich at Marley's? Yeah, it's fucking delicious. It's my favorite thing. It's on like ciabatta bread. It's got like the bean sprouts. It's wow. like grilled chicken. So it's like if you want a slightly healthier option, get the Jared Dudley from Marley's. Matthew, <laughs> the star of the game. <laughs> what do you uh, got? I can't wait to see the Dario Sarge on that menu, dude. Probably have bigger buns, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm going to choose Dario Saric too, man. Dario Saric. Well played. The Holy Trinity tonight, man. He gets DA's minutes in the fourth quarter. He's going against Jared Dudley. He's basically doing whatever he wants tonight. Like Honestly, him and him and Chris Paul on the perimeter, just up on top of the key, just doing what they wanted to pick and roll, that was crazy. It was every play they were having that pick and roll, pick and pop, whatever, and it was working for the most part. The mismatches whenever Dario got it, he knew what to do with the ball. He would miss the layups, of course. He's getting better at that kind of a little bit. But he uh it's just fun. It's fun to watch him in that way to where he he really tries and he, those layups might not go in, but he's still fun to watch. He's a fundamentally sound young lad, I feel like on the court. I feel like he's younger than me, right? He doesn't look like it, but he looks like me kind of, but he's a little bit younger. I yeah, I don't have a I don't have a graphic for that this time, and for that I apologize. <laughs> yeah. um, I see you're setting me up, tonight. and I and I and I'm disappointed. I I was gonna do an Alex Caruso lookalike, but if he had a beard, I I would do that for myself, but it didn't work. Um, love Elmer the jamsters. Fudd. Elmer, Fudd. Elmer, totally. <laughs> oh, I can't stand Caruso, but we won't go down that. I could bash the whole Lakers team one by one, but you know what? We won two games, so I'll be the I'll be the bigger man um love the jamsters in the chat a lot of great picks they are going with dario they are going with um mikhail bridges uh i <laughs> some of these are great you know you got big dick uh dario said a big dick book uh, from grim ripa so you know kudos to that one and there was one other one i wanted to shout out real quick that i thought was really funny and i can no longer find it oh uh dario big butt Saric. i mean these are the things see this is what you get when you come on the jam session dan is we got a lot of stupid nicknames for the players, and we're just a, you know, I, I always like to when when you look through the podcasts, through all the Suns podcasts, you have like the Suns solar panel, which is like the guys who used to work for the Suns or currently cover the Suns media, and then you look at like fanning the flames. That's like the OG Phoenix Suns podcast for the fans. That's you guys by the fans. That's us. And then you got like you know coast to coast podcasts where it's like you got you and Flex who do a good job of bouncing each other off. You know, Flex has got kind of some insight and you got like the rant side and like the way you guys converse <laughs> is like fantastic. You got like the timeline yeah. podcast, which are very smart intellectual basketball. They're talking terminology. I don't even understand. And then you have us. It's like the drunks who like, we're like eh, big dick booker. So welcome. <laughs> and then of course you got sons geek. Uh, somebody mentioned, you know, who's just like, if it has to do with the Phoenix suns, he's going to make a video about it. So um, kudos to it's all awesome, the, awesome. the, the, the jamsters were out there, you know, nothing but love to everybody who's out there putting out sun's content. That's what it's about. Uh, having a good time here. So as we look past this game and we go on to our next segment, which is our, um, I pressed the wrong button. Sorry about that. Guess what? So this is where we just guess things. Cause we're idiots. Uh, who would have more points in this game? Paul or Schroeder? Um, I think 
I don't remember what we said, Matthew, but Schroeder, I think, ended up having it. CP3 only well, had I eight said, points. I said Schroeder, just to be clear. You know. There you go. Well, he, had, okay. he had 17, so you yeah, are John correct, my friend. I said Paul. There Actually, you go. Remember over under Lakers bench points, 38 and a half. I said this would actually be under. I said if we want to beat this team, it needs to be under. They ended with a total of 27. Okay. So way well, to go, Suns. That's a really high and, over under. Wow. Yeah, that's their average. I oh, I, okay, adva- gotcha. I advanced stats. To, um, oh. Who would win, Suns or Lakers? We both said Suns. So, Matthew. You said are, Suns? Yeah, you say Lakers? I almost said Lakers, but the Jamsters told me oh, I need to say yeah. Sun, so I follow what the Jamsters say. Come on, what's the so problem? Still, Who do you like more? I'm still God. two games behind. I'm Fuck. 12 and seven. Matthew's 14 and five. Behind me, dude. It just yeah. got really just, Al Qaeda flag. <laughs> it just got really competitive right now. <laughs> oh yeah, well it sucks because like the only way for me to pick up games on Matthew right now is to say the other team's gonna win because yeah. God bless it, the Suns keep winning. So. I just got to find the right time. It's a win-win I'm gonna, situation, man. Exactly. I'm okay with it. Double or nothing all-star game. Oh, what? We East versus that. West? Who gives a shit? Um, okay. <laughs> no, it's a horrible idea. No, it was a great idea, Matthew. It's valued. Thank you for your feedback. Uh, up next for the Suns, Warriors, 8 p.m. Another 8 p.m. game. God, I hate the late games. This, is our, this will be the last 8 p.m. game because the rest of the country is going to go into daylight savings here, I think on like the 11th or something. And yeah. all of our games will be at seven. Thank God. That's the disadvantage of working nice. or living in Arizona is the whole country switches around us. So, uh, but this is the last game before the all-star break. So I'm going to ask you guys these questions. Tell me what you think. Who's going to make more threes? Steph Curry or Devin Booker plus Chris Paul? Ooh, I'll go first. I'll say Curry. Okay. What do you think, Dan? Steph Curry, for sure. I'm going to say Booker plus Paul because because it doesn't count to the standings. But I don't know. I think Devin Booker definitely is starting to hit the three ball with a little bit more consistency when he doesn't get ejected from games. And CP3, somehow, someway, he gets wide open and and just knocks down the three ball. He hit one tonight that I was just like, man, this is just uh, just a really – automatic it really is yeah. you know it, it's, it's weird to see that hey look dave king just joined the chat hey guys hello dave welcome hey, i was just watching the uh What's Luger up, panel too yeah we were you guys went. i yeah, was just we, watching it we just got finished watching the sun's lunar, lunar panel so this is <laughs> awkward um next up we have over or under five and a half eight and free throw attempts what do All we right. think on this one i'm gonna go over dude unless he's out this game you think he's gonna attack james wiseman yeah, is Wiseman is back, so I'm gonna yes. choose eight. I think that aggression from what we saw this last game is gonna carry over. What do you think, Dan? I'm gonna say over as well for the same. Uh, more the reason of that that Wiseman's gonna be guarding him. Last time they played him, he kind of took Wiseman to school a little bit. So, yeah, I'll I'll say under because uh, the Suns never get calls. I don't know who wins, guys. Now, now when we talk about who wins, you know, before I ask that question, Matthew, what's your perception of the Warriors? You know, what are you looking for in this game? Are we gonna? It's another home game. This is a makeup game for when the one of those three games that the Suns missed due to COVID uh, health and safety protocols. So, what are you looking for in this game, Matthew? Well, I'm just looking for the Suns to take care of business, like John says. He, I think that. I need to make a graphic for that. You actually do, yeah. If they can go into this game and just, you know, take care of business, it'd be nice. But it's actually very scary playing the Warriors. And we played them earlier this year. It's just, you know, we can either blow them out or else we can go one way and just go down to the wire where Steph Curry is making crazy threes. I think every team thinks about that when they go against the Warriors. So it's going to be tough for them to actually, of course, guard. 
Oh, wasn't last time Mikhail was actually guarding Steph Curry, right? So it'd be yep. fun to watch that again. I, I, I'm looking forward to that again. And taking on the young big guy, James Wiseman, underneath eight, and I think could take care of him. Well, Wiseman, of course, is a little bit more green right now, playing in the NBA for the first time in his life. So I think Aiden can actually go out there. This is great. This is great takes, right? I'm yeah, definitely. He, he's definitely not playing for the second time in his life in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you What do you think, Dan? When you look at the uh, the Warriors, what worries you? Uh, what advantages do we have outside of the fact that they're a team that just is kind of playing in consistency, but definitely playing better as of late? I mean. They don't worry me at all, to be honest with you. Uh, Good. Good answer. The, the, the that means we'll lose. Are, the, <laughs> <shit>. the Warriors <laughs> are uh, the Warriors are old news, man. Everybody wanted the Warriors to just come back and be a great team. For some reason, any superstar, all of a sudden, oh, the, the Warriors have some great trade. They're going to trade Andrew Wiggins to, you know, and and get a superstar. No, man. Like I, for, I personally have always hated the Warriors. Um, I, I'm, I'm petty. So when they won, I was not happy for, you know, Steve Kerr and all them. No, hell no. They won this. with our, that should have been our championship. We should have revolutionized yes. the game. Yes. Been our championship, not the Warriors. So fuck them. So yes, I was not, uh, like, first of all, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, people, you know, I, I know people love Steph Curry. Can't say anything bad about him, but I'm not a Steph Curry fan. And people that say he's humble, he's one of the least Humble basketball players in the history of the NBA. Do you see that new Deba- commercial Deba-wall. with him? Debate a wall. Yeah, I have seen the commercial. <laughs> He's like, well, it's the name on the back, you know. So that kind of proves your point there. Yeah. See, so see what- I, I, I'm not worried about them at all, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what? Let 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 Steph get his 30, 35 points. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, just contain. I mean, uh, Draymond Green's a shell of his former self. And th- this should be quick work for the Suns. I mean, they didn't even do what they did last time. They blew them out by like 20, 25 points. So. Yeah, that, that was a fun game. That was, a, I think, uh, Kelly, Kelly Oubre went, what, one for 11 from the field. So oh, man. I, I'm with you. I'm, I definitely carry a pettiness for the Warriors. And I think more of my pettiness for the Warriors is there is now a, a little generation. There's a, it's not an entire generation, obviously, but the past 10 years, you know, I, I work in hospitality and I work at a hotel where, Kids are coming from all over the place, and they've always been wearing Golden State shit. And I'll ask the kids, "Hey, hey, where are you from?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm from Buckeye. I'm from, I'm from Mesa." So it's local people who are traveling to our hotel, and they're wearing Golden State shit, and it's really always oh. driven me mad. And I'm like, "No, go Suns, go Suns." So I'm always preaching, "Go Suns" to all these kids, and I get it. You know, when you're younger, the team that you grew up uh, around and that was successful, maybe that's what you have an affinity for. Um, but I just I didn't like it. And I agree with you, Steve Kerr. He pretty much fucked the Suns over. Um, that, that U of A education came up here in the Valley of the Sun in, in Sun Devil City and just kind of said, you know what, I'm going to blow everything up and I'm going to leave town. And then he went on and kind of took our our format. And granted, he took it from Mark Jackson, who had the team originally, but he got him over the hump. And you know, it was a fun brand of basketball. Don't get me wrong. This this is where we differ, Dan, because I do like watching Steph play. Um, but I don't like it when we play against him because obviously I want to beat him. And he does kind of get a little annoying because all those heat checks that he takes. But, you know, you make a good point. This team isn't anything necessarily to be scared of. That's probably why I am scared because when the teams are tough, the Suns rise to the oh. occasion. When the teams aren't tough, the Suns kind of take a little they, – they turn an entire game into the second quarter, which is what they always do. But I was yeah. having this conversation with somebody at work today 
And I would say the difference between the Suns earlier in the season when we lost to the Pistons and the and the Washington Wizards is right now we can kind of sleepwalk through games like we did against the Chicago Bulls and we did against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then in the fourth quarter, we can turn it on. And that's a dangerous attribute to have because that switch isn't always going to go on necessarily. But the, the team does have the ability to do that. So this could be one of those games where they're kind of sleepwalking. They're going to be committing some turnovers. Steph's going to get hot from three. We're going to be down like six or seven points. In the fourth quarter, we could potentially just take it down. So I say Suns win. Okay. Did I go yet? I don't know. You told me Suns what win. you thought. Suns, Suns win. win. Suns win. And honestly, you got to watch out Kelly Oubre, too. I know last game when they played no. the Warriors. No. I know I'm just saying. Kelly tried to throw one down, didn't go his way, and then the rest of the game was terrible. So just watch out for Kelly Oubre, right? So first of all, guys, can, can we please, please – Suns fans, can we please get over Kelly Oubre? He's just gone. let him go. He's not. He's he's gone. We're, we're we're we. First of all, we, we have the second. Up. We have the second best record in the NBA, not just the Western Conference, the NBA. Kelly's gone. He's not coming back. Just let it go, please. And that's okay. Yeah, you said it on one of your coast to coast podcasts. You're like, make it like Frozen and let it go. I was like, yes, <laughs> seriously. Like you know, when when people start talking about Kelly Oubre, I just tell myself. Fuck completely agree just let it go like he's no longer a member of the phoenix suns you know same thing with ricky rubio i love ricky rubio thank you for what you did for this organization we would not be the second best team in the nba right now if it wasn't for the contributions that you provided last season but you're no longer a member of the phoenix suns and i can love you from afar and i can you know i can root for you uh and i will because you're playing on the shittiest team in the nba and i just feel bad for you Kelly Oubre, you kind of took a couple shots on the way out the door, and I just, you know, I yeah. love you again. Thank yeah. you for what you did. Mm. Um, but now we have essentially, if you think about it, Jay Crowder's kind of like Kelly Oubre because the ball stops with him for the most part. I saw, him <laughs> drive, I saw him drive to the hoop twice in this game, and it, like, blew my mind. But the difference between Kelly Oubre and Jay Crowder is Jay Crowder can hit the three ball. Um Kelly Oubre could do it in crunch time, but wasn't he didn't necessarily have a good percentage from three. But he also can play some stellar defense. So it's like we took Kelly Oubre and we upgraded him into Jay Crowder. And although Kelly Oubre had the head bobs and the good hair, we got the, the Jay Crowder hair. So I'm okay with that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. All right, then. I made a good point, and that makes me happy. Um, I think that's all we have for this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm going through everything. It looks like we've run through uh, all of everything. Again, Dan, thank you ever so much for joining us yeah, on this edition. Enough. Can you tell everybody where they can follow you, uh, follow you, where they can listen to you, all that fun stuff? Give you deets. Yes, sir. Uh, follow me on Twitter at dduarte89. Uh, follow the Coast to Coast podcast at Coast Coast Pod one and then uh, my co-host, uh, Flex from Jersey, Cruz FE13. Uh, we will be recording tomorrow to kind of recap everything. Um, and, yeah, come check us out. We, uh, we, we have no filter, and we kind of just roll with it. You guys, you guys are a little more buttoned up. You guys got a production and all that stuff. We yeah. Just, <laughs> we just hit record, and we just talk, man. Yeah. I love you guys' podcast, though. It is – it's more real than ours because ours is kind of scripted. John does write my script, so I like <laughs> yes. you guys a lot. I appreciate yes. that, and I appreciate I appreciate you guys having me on, man. This is cool. Anytime, yeah, you guys cool, No, of course. And one thing we're actually doing on uh, during the All Star Game is we're doing an As It Happens podcast. We'll, we'll be live streaming right here on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, and we'll actually be watching the entire game. And so, if you are somebody who's watching and you want to just kind of interact while you're watching the game, pop in with us. 
And Dan, if you and Flex have the ability to come in for a little bit for a quarter or so and just kind of hang out, I know we're going to have some special guests on and just kind of talk ball, make fun of players, watch the slam dunk contest, things of that nature. So it'd be great to have you back on this upcoming Sunday. Let us know if that uh, if that fits into your schedule. Yes, sir, for sure. Unless you're in church. You're going to be in church Sunday? Uh, I, it gets too hot in church for me, man. <laughs> Matthew, I did not write that line for you. I am very disappointed. <laughs> well, again, thank you to Dan for joining us on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. If you are watching live again, hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the little bell to remind you that uh, whenever we go live, which is after every Suns game. So we'll see you again on Thursday night right around 1030, 1045. And then again on All-Star uh, during the All-Star game. And then we'll be doing our midseason jammies next week, too, which is always a fun episode. Um, if uh, this is you listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review there. Uh, make sure you stop by brightsideofthesun.com where you can get all of the best Suns content on the interwebs. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Say it again. I'm Matthew Lissy. That's right. We didn't hear you the first time. And again, thank you, Jamsters, for joining us. Have a great night. Your sons, 23 and 11, and the second best team in the NBA. Matthew? Everyone go home. Love your family. Awesome. Take care, everybody.